welcome to Tell Me More, Tell Me More. I'm your host, Dalia. And I'm your host, Adesia. And this is a podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we talk about musicals. So each week we watch one and then we come give you a synopsis and have some commentary surrounding um, the movie that we watch. This week we watched Sarafina. Sarafina, 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 Sarafina. Yep, love it. <laughs> it's um, South African musical. A fact about myself, I am from South Africa, born and raised, even though I sound nothing like that is the truth. But it is. You have little experience, I guess, with this movie? Yeah, I I saw it twice before, but the first time I saw it, I saw it actually from the very ending. Right. And then the second time I saw it from halfway. So now I've seen it from the beginning. <laughs> Fair. I love that you worked your way up backwards. Well, I could only catch it on TV because the very first time I saw it, I had no idea what it was because it was at the very ending. Right. And then the second time, I kind of just caught it and I'm like, this looks like the thing that I saw before. Right. And yeah, it was. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I have obviously quite a history with it. I mean, I don't necessarily watch it every year or anything. Um, I remember watching it as a child and my brother was ill. He had German measles and I was like, okay, I'm going to just entertain myself because apparently it was just us in the house for whatever reason. Um, I'm assuming I was maybe like five or six, um, which makes my brother like 11. So I don't know why we would be in the house alone. Anyway, um, I was watching it by myself for whatever reason. Again, why? How? Um, and this is not really a musical that a child should watch. At all. Like, now that I watched it again in refreshment, I'm like, why? How did I get here? But, um, yeah, I watched it and, like, um, a specific scene that we'll get to later and I'll point it out when we get to it um, freaked me out so badly. I was terrified and I ran out of the room and I ran to my brother who was just lying in bed and I was just like crying like I'm scared and whatever and um he was just like what, what are you what's happening and I was just like I'm just like it's so scary and so d don't let children watch it like it's great for history but I didn't retain any of it in any like contextual way i wasn't really aware of the history obviously i was five what would i know mm -hmm. um but yeah that's my history with it <laughs> um but yeah so uh getting into the movie a little bit Sarafina, right. um as she mentioned before based in south africa uh it is speaking specifically about the soweto riots that happened during apartheid mm -hmm. Uh, apartheid uh, lasted from 1948 to 1991, sure. I believe. This movie came out in 1992, but the musical itself um, was out on Broadway uh, in 1988. Which is wild, by the way. Like, I didn't know that until <laughs> this week. I was like, oh, so it was like a, like in Broadway, like the, the white people from like <laughs> a different country got to see this? Wild. Yeah, and they used some of the same actors from the Broadway show in the movie, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Leleti Kumalo, mm -hmm. who played Sarafina in the 
musical played it played her in the movie. Also in the movie, we had Whoopi Goldberg, mm-hmm. who played Miss um, Mary Masambuka. Fun fact about that, I don't know if you know, but um, she asked Disney to like finance the movie or something and promised them that she would do Sister Act 2 if oh, they did. And they wow. did. And so Sister Act 2 exists because of this. What? I did not know that. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, the movie came out in 1992. Um, Nelson Mandela was released in 1990, so by the time the musical was written, he had not been released, but then by the time the movie came out, he had been. Right. We start off um, with an opening shot of some boys running through uh, what seems to be the area that they live in. They end up at a school where they throw Molotovs into the school and it's just a very dramatic opening. It's just like, right. what are we getting into? This musical goes to very dark places. Yeah, But I, I think it's speaking to the reality of the situation. Yeah. Because a lot of these things I did not know, particularly about apartheid. Like, you hear about them, but you don't know. And then it's brought in front of you. And like, right. oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, so after that opening scene, we meet um, Sarafina, who is talking to a picture of Nelson Mandela um, that she has up in her wall. And throughout the movie, she talks to Mandela um, a lot, just as asking for advice is almost like a second voice. He never talks back to her. She wants like his um, inner confidence, the things that he's able to do, he she wants to be able to do them as well. So she wants his advice, even though he can't speak to her. Right. Um, but yeah, we get um, some impressions of her family, and we get her dreaming of kind of wanting to make a stamp for herself on the world, and we get the opening song, which is Sarafina. Sarafina. <laughs> Serafina, you are the one. Yeah, so uh, it's mainly just about her and what she wants to do. But then at the very end of the song, where we have all of these people dancing together, a tank just drives through the end of the song. It scares all of the kids away. And I think it's really, you take that as a little bit of foreshadowing as to what's going to come up right. later on. Uh, so... On the way to school, Safina gets kind of harassed by um, Officer Sabella, who uh, is telling her about the school being set on fire, which she did not know about. Right. And there in the schoolyard is a large meeting that morning where the principal is essentially telling them off, and you can see that there is now an enhanced guard around the school. All of the guard are white, mm-hmm. and all of the kids are black. And uh, it's it's like really powerful just to see Masambuka um, actually leads them through the second song, which is the Lord's Prayer. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Uh huh. <laughs> I love it. Oh, uh, but yeah. So we actually find out that the reason that um, a lot of this is happening is in protest of certain things that are being taught at the school due to 
the new governance that is happening. Well, not new, but the governance that is happening. Um, So they want to teach Afrikaans as the main language. And that was what was on the board that the Molotov was thrown at. Right. Um, But yeah, so... Masambuka is a music teacher, but she also teaches history. And there are soldiers just wandering around the school. Uh, there's not a lot going on in the beginning, but we're just setting the scene. Right. Uh, Sarafina is thinking about a boy who kind of likes her, but he's kind of like a bad boy. He's like <laughs> yeah, he's like the dangerous with the mohawk and like yeah. his name is Crocodile yeah. for whatever reason, you know. I think it's Crocodile because you know like crocodiles have spines and stuff, so I think oh, it's like... so you're telling me he got this nickname a while ago because he's... <laughs> hair has remained the same for years i don't know that's wild i mean no it makes sense in that you're the way that you're saying like yeah i get it his hair does rev- like kind of look like the scales i guess of, of um crocodiles but yeah wild i don't know it's just what i think um but yeah crocodile likes her but then we get lieutenant bloom uh who is like one of the main villains uh, mm-hmm. in the play has rounded up the teachers to try and find out who are the students who are causing the trouble in the school. And you can kind of tell that he thinks that the teachers or a few teachers are the ones that are influencing the students as well. So he's mm-hmm. trying to find out who the usurpers are that are trying to undermine their authority right. here. So. We cut to music class where they're trying to figure out what they want to do for the spring concert. <laughs> the spring concert? The concert. <laughs> I don't know if it's spring. Seasons. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Serafina kind of puts forward the idea of doing a play um, about Mandela and Mandela being free. But before that, there is a line. Okay. Um, I don't know if I... Uh, no, I don't remember. But y- yeah, she... Um, there before she suggests that yeah. she is like we'll do a play about me with <laughs> me in it or whatever and they're like what <laughs> i'm like yeah I, I like that at the beginning she is very like juvenile and like yeah you like she is still a teenager and that like she wants to be a star or whatever and the <laughs> self-centeredness of it it's it's really like yeah. But it's fun because you get to see um, that transition right. from where we begin to where we end with yeah. Serafina. Yeah. But we'll get into that later. Um, yeah, so the students are, after the music, they're kind of grouped together and they're discussing people disappearing and we get the kind of second instance of things just being a little bit more under the surface because these kids are going to school and they're learning in school but people are also disappearing people are vanishing that they know mm-hmm. but then the next scene is just crocodile wants to take Serafina out yeah <laughs> so it's like life goes on in a kind of way yeah like they're trying to just live normally right with the current of all of this yeah and Sarafina is going to see her mother, so she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we have another scene while Sarafina is on the train going to uh, 
where her mother works, we have some of the boys from the school who are actually sowing discord in the town because they're trying to urge people to shop from places that are run by the local people rather than these stores that are from the white people right. because they're taking away the business and stuff. But some people just want to live. They've been with this regime for a really long time. It's been because this is set between 76 to 88. Yeah. And this has been installed since 40 yeah. something. So it's just it's been a long time. People are just trying to make their lives work yeah. while other people are trying to get the freedom that they think they deserve from right. this regime. Yeah. Serafina's mother actually works outside of the area that they live in a rich neighborhood as a housemaid mm -hmm. for a rich white family and <clears throat> those seem reasonably nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we don't really see them being like awful um employers or anything, yeah. which is nice to see like it wasn't written as like a big like paintbrush of um all white people are yeah. like this you know yeah but it's very interesting i was thinking about this like all of the white people that we see that are actually harassing the students in the future they're all men yeah but then when we turn to the family that Safina's mom works for we only see the, the women. wife yeah we mm -hmm. only see the women we only see the kids we yeah. never see like the guys and i'm wondering if that was on purpose oh right yeah like the women are a little bit more docile yeah mm. i'm not sure but i just kind of noticed that but yeah, Sarafina is just <laughs> being uh, Sarafina and is just throwing... She, oh, she comes yeah. in and she asks her mom for some money because her sister needs some new shoes. Yeah. And she's just going around the house and tossing, like, cushions off of the couches and, like, lying down on the beds that are freshly made. She's, like, being very facetious and very annoying. <laughs> um, but, again, it goes to show like who she is at this point in the movie yeah um yeah she gets into a little bit of an argument with her mother because she thinks her mother is just like subjecting herself to like the most demeaning thing ever right. rather than trying to stand with them and fight and her mother is just trying to make enough money because her father uh died in i can't remember mozambique died in mozambique yeah. Um, another fun fact. You guys are going to learn a little bit about me today. <laughs> um, another fun fact. My dad was in Mozambique, not necessarily at that time, because during that time he was probably around Serafina's age. So he was, yeah, probably like 16, 17. Um, but a few years later, my dad went to um, Mozambique for like training and um, they were in exile, learning to fight um so that he could come back into the country and, you know, take it away from the whites. Not necessarily like that, but in more of a, like, gain freedom rather than turn the table. Yeah. Because a lot of what apartheid was about was the segregation yeah. of black and white people. So I think, yeah, it's something to try and get back right. from especially when they're trying to impose a lot of stuff that wasn't there before, necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, 
we the next scene we see really is um after the boys are dispersed from the scene by police who come at them with like whips and things mm-hmm. we have crocodile who is actually getting assaulted by officer sabella the one who was harassing um seraphina early i call it harassing he might call it flirting but i call it harassing of course yeah she's a child exactly he's a full-grown man yes <laughs> Um, but yeah, so then he get crocodile gets a dog sent oh, after him. This always made me sad. I <laughs> hate it. I hate it. Yeah, he has to like scale a fence to get away from the dog that is chasing him. Yeah, but he ends up um pretty wounded and goes to Serafina's house where he gets um treated a bit. Right. Um, and after that we have another song which is kind of a torchlit march. I wrote down the name of it, but I don't actually remember how it goes. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you can look it up (laughs) also, you know? Yeah. Um, I will say for the soundtrack, not all of the songs that are in the soundtrack are actually in the musical. There was... Um, the movie musical. There was a lot. There were a lot of songs that were in the actual musical that the didn't, Broadway, yeah, the Broadway musical that didn't end up in the movie, right? Uh, but yeah, still have a listen to the soundtrack. So, Safina goes to see Miss Masambuka. It appears that they have some bit a bit of a friendship outside of school as well. Serafina mm-hmm. loves M- Masambuka. She's her favorite teacher, maybe her favorite person in the world. Right. Uh, she doesn't get to see her mother that much, I think, so I think she's almost a bit of like a surrogate mother uh, slightly mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. So, she goes to see Masambuka, but Masambuka is a bit busy so she, um, she tells her to wait. Serafina tries to move a kettle off of a stove which is so strange and I think points a bit to her stubbornness yeah. in a way because the kettle is hot she touches it, it burns her slightly but she keeps trying to move it anyway like she keeps putting her hand on a hot thing no matter how much it burns her because she's determined to yep. move it Yep, she's so stubborn but the kettle spills, and she ends up seeing a gun that is hidden slightly. Uh, Masambuka says it's not hers, and Serafina believes her. It actually belongs to uh, Masambuka's partner, Joe, who is not there. Right. But Masambuka talks about not actually... She wants to fight, but she doesn't want to kill people. Right. She she want she she talks about wanting a lot more. She wants kids. She wants a future essentially, and she doesn't think that that will come from a lot of death. But she will stand up for her rights. Right. So, the next scene we have is police coming in the night to take one of the school kids, one of the boys from mm-hmm. his house, and again. That links to talk of people disappearing. The next day, Masimuka comes under fire for teaching more than the approved syllabus, which she has not really been, but she's just been trying to encourage pride in her students and informing them about where they come from. Yeah, I think she frames 
the same lessons in a different way. Like it's in the whatever she's teaching them is in the syllabus, but the way that she frames it, they're talking about Napoleon fighting with Russia or whatever, and that war or battle rather where they lost because of they hadn't anticipated the winter to be as um, brutal as it was. Basically, the way that she frames it is the people stood up and fought. Like no matter how strong this army that was coming towards them was like perceived to be they still fought for their rights and it was kind of like in a way saying hey don't give up I know you guys are stronger than you know you're anticipated to be after that we find guitar who is one of the students talking kind of to officer Sabella and the kids Serafina sees this and the kids end up confronting Guitar after a bit. Mm. They want to know why Guitar is talking to Sabella, knowing that Sabella is basically a quote-unquote pet right. of the um, the white officers. Right. But Guitar kind of informs them that his dad is unable to walk, and it, it's kind of implied that he was beaten to mm. being unable to walk, and Sabella threatened to take his dad out into the de- into the bush and leave him if Guitar didn't help him. Right. So that's why Guitar helps him. And that's... It, it's not that he wants to, but he wants to protect his father. Right. So Masimbuka at school ends up getting taken. The, the officers yeah. end up coming for her anyway. And she is as defiant as ever. Like, she's <laughs> such a firecrack, like, yeah. personality. And I, it's like one of those teachers um, that you see in movies that you're like, oh, I wish my English teacher was <laughs> like that. I wish my history teacher was like that. While she's getting taken, she suddenly asks Serafina to go and get the thing that she won't need anymore, which is the gun that is hiding in her house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serafina goes and gets it and hides it in her home in what is essentially a shopping bag. Right. But I guess she feels confident that no one is going to look for it. Mm-hmm. The kids end up with a replacement teacher who is every bit not Masimbuka as Masimbuka can you not be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they protest. They start throwing books at him after he starts to talk about how it wasn't the people that stood up. It was the winter that is why um, Napoleon lost. Right. And it's actually that the people burned their houses. And the word burn (laughs) just incites all of this. Yeah, this rage and then all the kids start like banging on the table. Burn, 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 burn. And it's just like... It's really powerful to see like all of these kids just start to rise up and protest and throw their books at him and chase him out of the room. Yeah, they're like, this is the last straw, basically. At this point from this little riot that all of these kids just begin to flood the grounds and the the military presence that's there starts to shoot yeah this is a scene that i watched as a child and ran because (laughs) i was just terrified and like watching it back still i 
hate this scene because like you see these like boys getting shot and like um I'm sure you're gonna mention it, you were gonna mention it just now but like Crocodile gets shot and it's so like painful to see because yeah. it's, it's not a quick death he falls to the ground he's shot in the back he falls to the ground and he's like crying and screaming and rolling on the ground and Serafina turns around obviously to see this and it's just that I think um, is the biggest turn for her is just like oh my god this is like batshit crazy yeah because there's a lot of I think things unfinished as well yeah because up to this point it was kind of flirtatious with crocodile maybe i will maybe i won't but now it's just there is never yeah and beyond that point things will never be the same the same absolutely but yeah there is a giant street funeral for all of these kids that Mm. got killed and the next song that they sing is it's it's a funeral prayer song that extends into freedom is coming tomorrow mm-hmm. and it, it's it's such an interesting transition that they make because you can see that they're very sad but then you can just see their determination mm-hmm. happen in that same moment yeah because a lot of the actors that they used are from the region that mm-hmm. this was happening in as yeah. well. So I think a lot of that emotion that they could put into those scenes spoke to probably real things that they had felt or experienced through um, family members or they themselves right. personally. So, yeah. yeah. But there's a street march in protest. Um, the army blocks their way, forcing them to disperse. Riots start to ensue afterwards. Things get destroyed. We see at one point Sibella has Guitar in the car holding him at gunpoint and beats him and just drops him out of the car. Sarafina gets the information from Guitar that it was Sibella. And all of these youth, the youth go to Sibella's house and throw molotovs in his house and chase him and then they burn him alive this musical gets dark you guys it is hella like (laughs) i think that at that point i sent you a message like i sent you a message like so this is heavy um because like i mean i already already knew that it was going to be but like i definitely forgotten or maybe i just didn't see it past the shooting bit. Yeah. Um, but the burning him alive bit, I was just like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, these, this is, yo. Yeah. Wow. But because of that event, people get taken in masses yeah. now. They're taken by bus loads now. And that's when we have oh, Sichaba. Yeah. So, yeah, they're all, all of these people are taken to what is essentially an institution, a penitentiary. I'm not sure what it is, this place. But uh, we see that they're in prison cells and Serafina gets interrogated 
about um, how Sabela got killed and all of this stuff. Yeah. And we actually get the information now from the guy who's interrogating her that Masimbuka was here. Yeah. And she killed herself. In huge quotation marks. So she knows how much that Masimbuka wanted out of life, doesn't believe them, and is being generally generally unhelpful to the situation. Right. Well, yeah. in regards to what they think is helpful. Yeah. And she gets sent to the 10th floor, which is the floor that Masimbuka died on. Right. Uh, she continues to talk to Mandela, asks him to make her numb, and then is when we have... This is when they are uh, all having, like, monologues, soliloquies, really. They're recounting some the horrors, yeah. essentially, that are happening to them while in this prison, yeah. um, elaborating on the state of emergency in 1986. Mm. Uh, we actually get uh, details that I'm not going to go into... <laughs> about what they experience and we see Serafina getting tortured essentially through electric shock uh, before she is eventually released but yeah she goes to her mother which the white family knows nothing about what's happening to these black people and so you can see Serafina in the clothes that she went in to the prison with is just looking very awful and earlier in the movie had greeted the mother the white mother of the house with general pleasantness we see her walking now into the yard where they seem to be having a party of some kind for the kids and the mother waves at her from across the way and Serafina just stares at her Mm -hmm. as she walks by and it's just such a juxtaposition to have and you can see that the mother reads something on her face but she doesn't know right. what it is yeah uh but Serafina goes to her mother uh shows the the marks from the beatings that she's taken and says that she was a silly child and that her mother is so strong stronger than she ever realized yeah but yeah, um, we have the song. The song actually plays in the background, but in the director's cut of the film, it's actually given a scene. Thank you, Mama. Mm. Serafina goes home, uh, is greeted uh, by the family that she has there. She takes the gun that she'd hidden, walks by where Sibella had burned. He sort of lived in what appeared to be a junkyard. Right. And she tosses the gun just into the ether she returns to the empty school uh, and it's basically been burnt down there's pretty much nothing left Mm -hmm. of the school anymore she finds guitar there and reminiscing about Masimbuka's words to her earlier she thinks about wanting to do the concert that they had been planning Mm -hmm. but guitar being guitar who is very practical is like but we're not having the concert anymore. Yeah, he's very pragmatic about the situation. And she's very, like... It almost looks like she's lost it, in a way. And Guitar's like, what's happening? <laughs> Why are you talking about this? I think it's more re- to represent that even though 
she's gone through all of this she still has this hope and And she has to take yeah and hope has to take root in small things like still doing the concert that Mm -hmm. they'd planned to do or maybe just imagining what it could be even if it's just the two of them and whoever's left and we actually get a reprise of Freedom is Coming tomorrow with Serafina starring as Mandela as she wanted to mm, be. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. But, like, you do see it um, using last week's word, um, diegesis. It's, it's a, this whole musical is non-diegetic. And um, basically, you do see what it looks like in reality the song specifically what it looks like in reality what's happening and what they all look like but also the fantasy that she has kind of like in um like chicago the way that the performances are very much performances um in comparison to what's happening within the world in the movie yeah and um i just love everything about this moment it's just kind of like all this shit's happened in recent history and we are like marching on like freedom is coming we still are proud of ourselves and we still um have hope and like none of all this nonsense that they've been subjected to has affected them in a way where they are giving up and it's just Freedom is coming tomorrow. Get ready, mama. Prepare for your freedom. It's my favorite song. (laughs) By the way. (laughs) But yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, that's it. Personally, I give that it a four. Um, The musical is the music is so powerful, like in way like in telling the story and just sort of supplementing um what the the rest of the story is doing and i am a sucker for the fun freedom is coming tomorrow and serafina choreography so i can always appreciate when the the music that's used is local to the area that's being portrayed right that too yeah so you could tell from immediately from the first song that this is not just something that is set in south africa it has the feel and the sound of south africa too yeah 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 very much so and in the choreography as well yeah you can see certain movements that you would not see in other musicals specifically So I would say for songs, uh, just because of the setting and how it's used and also the use of the local language as well, because when they were bringing this to Broadway, they could have possibly chosen to convert some of the songs into English for the benefit of the English-speaking audience. But it is very obvious that they chose not to do that and just convey emotion through the songs themselves and what is happening in the scene even mm-hmm. if you can't understand yeah. I mean for our benefit in the movie they put subtitles mm-hmm. so we could right. see <laughs> what they were saying but 
yeah it was good so i give it four four for music choreography the choreography whenever they did choreography it was really fun Mm. uh there wasn't choreography for every song but you hardly find that in musicals and yeah i would say i i've i wanted to dance along with them so i give them a four four high kicks for For choreo as well lovely um for the story uh maybe i'm biased maybe i have a very strong (laughs) connection to this because one it's set in my country two it's telling you know a story that like kind of still resonates in that there's still a lot of racism not necessarily um in such a militant way but like it's there's still some atrocities in this world and so because of my connection to all of that I give it for vase gloves yeah for the story I I agree with you it's not that you're biased it tells a very poignant story right and thinking about the climate that we're in today uh, a lot of things have changed but a lot of things have not hmm. necessarily changed yeah. so I would say and this is from 1992 and it's now 2018 Right. so yeah. I would say I give it a 4 for story as well mm-hmm. 4 bass clefts overall enjoyment I again like it's just 4 like I uh, was heartbroken I was angry I was sad so sad (laughs) for a lot of the things that happened but also just so proud and so I enjoyed it a lot obs so I also give it a four overall yeah it's difficult when you're adapting events that happen Mm -hmm. in real life especially events that happened in such recent history also like really dark things that happened yeah and it wasn't because you could have chosen to like gloss over some of the things or like have them told but not presented in front of you Mm. and the fact that they chose to bring it right in front of you speaks a lot so there were some parts that I didn't necessarily enjoy. Like I wouldn't put the 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 term enjoy in front of it, but right. it wouldn't. I I I would give people some warnings before I would like put it in front of them to watch. But I would still encourage it to be watched right, yeah. as a musical. So yeah, four. Right. So we are performing Grace in a couple of months. And um, I'm very excited. But also, we've been rehearsing. And last week, I decided that we weren't really going to talk about rehearsals. But I just need to talk. (laughs) Because (laughs) if you listened to last week's episode, there is a bit in that, um, in Lemonade Mouth, where everything is going wrong. That was us. Like... (laughs) A majority of the cast was missing for legitimate reasons, and I'm not mad at them or anything for that. It's just, like, so many people were missing that we basically couldn't really do anything. And 
as a director, I was just, like, kind of freaking out a little. Like, oh, my God. Like, if this keeps happening, we're not going to have a show. Um, but, I mean, I'm probably just freaking out a little bit too much about that. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like an appropriate amount. Okay, great. <laughs> I, I feel validated, and I love it. And I love it. <laughs> now, I, I would say it's just been one rehearsal that's been like that. Uh, there's been some struggles yeah. beforehand and we're coming to a point where it's coming together yeah. so I wouldn't take too much stock into just not having one great rehearsal yeah yeah I know yeah. but it's just on top of the fact that we had to we struggled so much to get uh, a Danny and a Kaniki and it was like weeks and weeks of agony and like worry and like having to worry about like how we're gonna put on this show and all of that and then to have almost everyone missing and I was just like come on man come on (laughs) things are getting together but yeah it's fine it's fine everything's fine (laughs) (laughs) oh it, it it is honestly fine though yeah no I know you cool cats and pretty kitties i know you're itching to beat feet and burn rubber down on the street alessandro latieri sunny okay sunny you know better than to interrupt me before i've introduced myself ah geez miss i was just having a gas with the radio stuff (sighs) alessandro we are stuck with each other every afternoon for the rest of the semester. That sounds more like it's your problem than my problem. Okay. Well, welcome to What is born is born and fights is in detention. Lives in detention. And this with me. Miss Mills, your resident theater sage. Resident flower child, more like. <clears throat> your resident theater sage. And guidance counselor and detention supervisor. And today, we're lucky enough to have the most popular couple in Rydell, as well as the most adorable couple. Judy, Frenchie, hi. Um, who inspires you, Duty? I would probably say that the person who inspires me the most is Ray Charles, because he's a great singer and he sings with a lot of soul and he talks about women and the, the girl he's infatuated by really uh, comfortably and with a lot of confidence and I find that really inspiring and why would you find something like that inspiring aren't you as one of the Burger Palace boys some of the (sighs) coolest reproriness hippest guys in town um self-assured I think is the word uh Why would you need inspiration for confidence? I mean, 
I'm there now, but we don't always start at 100%, do we? All right, well, thank you. And Frenchie, why don't you tell me if you could style Hollywood starlets, who would be your top three picks? Oh, wow. This is so hard. I mean, there are so many beautiful people. Um, but I'm gonna say, oh, Marilyn. Oh, she's just a dream, isn't she? Oh, I bet we'll be like best friends. Oh, definitely Elizabeth, yeah. You know, Taylor, uh, she kind of reminds me of Rizzo, <laughs> so it'll be like working with your sister. Oh, and then Audrey, Audrey Hepburn, she's so sweet, and uh, I just love her, don't you? That is so adorable. Hey, yo, Marilyn. French, I got a question for you. Oh. What do you think about my man Duty over here? I mean, um, I don't know. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, because this is a radio show, she is blushing. Is there something you'd like to say to Duty? you want to tell the whole rest of us, uh, uh, French, uh? How about you, Duty? What's between us stays between us. Us? Oh, <laughs> I think I need to leave. Well, thank you, both of you. Danny and Sandy. Everyone's talking about you guys, and I've heard so many things. Anyway, Sandy, where do you come from? Uh, well, I'm originally from Utah, and my father just lost his job there, so he moved us to here and uh, he said that I had to go to Immaculata originally because he wanted me to grow up to be respectful of myself and other women and um, I didn't get in there unfortunately so I ended up here at Rydell. Since I moved here I found Danny so it all seemed kind of to work out in the end I guess. Absolutely. Yo Sandy I heard a story about a story about some shoes. Oh, the Peyton ones? Oh, that, that was just a silly thing that, that happened with uh, like my, so my dad bought me these Peyton leather shoes and they were a bit shiny and um, you know, this Mother Supreme said she could, you know, see up my dress. But it's, it's all lies, it's all, it's, I think it's all because, you know, I hang around with Danny and you know, stories get around, I guess, but you know, you just ignore him. Absolutely, I understand. And Danny, hi. So I've been hearing around the school that you and Rizzo have a bit of a checkered past. What happened there? Yeah, I've heard about this too. Go on. <laughs> Sandy, don't worry. You're my only one. The summer before last year, we just had a thing. And from then, it just became like, you know, an obsession for her. She, I think she started falling in love with me. She says I took her virginity last year before meeting Sandy obviously so obviously you know like she she was really attached to me and and I I just didn't think you know it would get like until then it was just a crush you know I was just having fun like I always do and then when last summer I met Sandy that just basically changed me because I I know what I want now I know that I like her and I think Rizzo has realized that so um this is getting a really angry, really upset because I feel like she wanted to be 
my Sandy, but it's not gonna happen. So I think it's all of these things, you know, the, the, the animosity is created because of this situation, but I never wanted to hurt her. It's just me and she should have known, so it's not really my fault. Hey, yo, Zook, uh, does uh, Knicks know about this? Yeah, I mean, he knows that I play with girls, so I mean, he, 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 can, see, he can see there's something between Rizzo and I, so. He, I didn't tell him, you know. Like I mean, I think you told him now. Well, I mean, it's not a big deal because I told you, like, he probably, he's, he's realized it by now. And I, I mean, he's, if he's going to be upset about it, he's a fool because, I mean, there's nothing anymore. So, come on, Kinix. We're best friends. I would never, you know, get her from you now, so. Oh, my. I did not in all my years expect to hear all the top goss. <laughs> well, thank you to both of you for such a riveting uh, interview. So we have reached the end of the podcast now, and I would like to thank you guys for hanging out with us. And um, yeah, follow us on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, and Tumblr, all with some form of variation on TMM, TMM podcast, or Tell Me More, Tell Me More podcast. I've been your host, Leah. And I've been your host, Adicia. And we'll catch you next time. What are we watching next time? Um, what are we watching next time? <laughs> I don't know. A movie. We'll preview it or something on <laughs> the um, social medias. So... Watch out for that. Um, yeah, thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>